I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, our first main episode um, here in 2021, we watched The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. Uh, This is a German film. Um, directed by Lottie Reinegger. She worked with a couple of other people, but like she was the main creative force behind this. Uh, this is from 1926. This is the oldest surviving feature film, animated feature film. Two earlier films were made in Argentina by Carino Cristiani, but they are considered lost. Um, they burned in a fire, unfortunately. So this is the oldest one that we have copies of. The story is based on elements from the 1001 Nights, written by Hannah Diab, uh, including Aladdin and the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy uh, Peribanu. So who wants to do a spoiler-free plot synopsis? Uh, Okay, there is an evil... Evil? Yeah, there is an evil sorcerer who creates a, a winged horse... To Does it have wings? A flying horse. You're right. Who creates a flying horse to get the Kelly's daughter's hand in marriage, probably. Something like that. Uh, Demarzada? Dinarzade? Uh, yeah, Dinarzad. Uh, mm, there you go. She The the daughter has a brother, Ahmed. The uh, brother takes somehow... I, I couldn't tell that part. Takes the horse. Oh, gets... well, I think the, the sorcerer's, like, flirting with um, Dinarzad. I know. I... And he grabs him. And then, yeah, it seems like the sorcerer's just like, get on my horse. Yeah, he gets tricked onto getting on the horse and is flies away uh, and uh, has to try to get back to his kingdom. Along the way, he meets Peri Banu and falls in love. And he tries to... Get her to go home with him, loses her, has to save her, and go back and save his kingdom from the sorcerer. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there's lots of minor things along the way, but that is, that's it. Um, what did you guys think of this? Um, would you recommend it? No spoilers. For educational purposes, yes. Overall, it was interesting at parts, but then sometimes kind of boring. So, so I'd recommend it for educational purposes. To me, it was, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence as far as other than educational purposes. Yes, absolutely. For historical and educational purposes. Uh, to me, it actually got a little bit more engaging as it went on. To me, I was not as engaged at the beginning. And I would agree. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think as it, journeyed into other lands and have more fantastical things and the plot really got going like the beginning felt like set up and it was a bit boring and comparatively um yeah i i think i definitely recommend it to anyone interested in animation in seeing uh, the earliest um surviving animated work who is fascinated by that sort of thing historically it's fascinating um i think I think it just depends on your tastes if you would watch this outside of that. I think it has some really fun and entertaining aspects. It also has some aspects that haven't aged very well in terms of its plot. I I think I'd overall recommend it, but it definitely has issues. It very much reminded me. Do you remember there was some kind of book that I got for you all? It was kind of a skinny, it was a long, skinny, almost notebook uh, uh, where you'd flip it. And it was all just, it was primarily black paper, cut out shadow. It was really interesting, but that's what this absolutely reminded me of. Sure, sure. Let's get specific. (laughs) You liked my little dance? That was so cute. Um, okay, let's start talking about story and characters. There's no voice acting to speak of. There actually, fun fact, is a 
narration track on the video that I showed you guys. But we did not watch that because I don't... It wasn't originally viewed with narration, and so I didn't want us to watch it with narration. Sure, Um, I'm glad we didn't, actually. I think... I haven't seen it with narration, but I have a feeling it's probably a bit more than is needed. (laughs) It probably narrates, like, all of it, and we probably don't need that. But yeah, this has no voice acting, so we are just talking about story and characters. Um, I like the designs of the characters. The sorcerer was very interesting with, like, curves but points. The Dinarzad, she was cool. Oh, she had, like, what was her kind of theme? Was it feathers? Was it just curly cues? Probably curly cues. I would say feathers more is more kind of lacy. lacy. Yes, yeah. yeah. Dress. Yes. Hers was cool. Uh, I love Perry Banu's curly hair when it was yes. down. I thought that was really pretty. Definitely. Uh, and then the witch was very interesting as the well. The witch is rad. Um, uh, like just design wise too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, story wise, uh, the beginning part, some of it was kind of hard to parse about how he got tricked onto the horse. Yeah, he kind of goes from like choking the dude out to like, Oh, you want me to get on the horse? I'll get on the horse. It's a little unclear why. Yeah, he almost seemed mesmerized or or entranced. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, what I would I'm kind of sure. assume is more that after he choked the sorcerer out, the sorcerer's like, "Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry." Here, as recompense, my horse. You okay. know what I mean? But it, it didn't feel like it was communicated enough, and I don't know if that was. I don't think that this is a is a complete cut it's as complete as it can be and so i don't know if that is partly to blame or if it is just that isn't conveyed well enough yeah mm. yeah I don't okay. know. that makes sense but as far as visually and i know we'll get more into it but definitely the designs of both of the the daughter the princesses were just incredible were beautiful because everything that you will see if you watch this film is like silhouettes. And so it's cutouts. Well, we'll talk more in animation. Like okay. let's, but yeah. just, but just beautiful as far as, as the intricacy and, and, and that, that design but story and characters. Yeah. To me, it was, well, and again, I don't want to get too much into, to maybe how's it hold up or to spoilers, but I very, I did not like the woman, basically the women being property in all of this. Yes. The brother did come to the aid of his sister, but to me still the, the sister, as well as uh, the, I don't know how you say her name, Perry Banu, Perry Banu, Perry Banu are just property. I don't know. Possessions rather. It definitely feels like an antiquated. Yeah. They don't, (laughs) they don't do much. They don't really have any agency. Like, I feel like... There's really only one woman who feels like she has agency in this movie. Yes. And and with Perry Banu, if, so she apparently comes from, what is it, Walk Walk? Yes. Which is some sort of, like, land of demons. Maybe she is some sort of demon. Like, shouldn't she have powers or something? Like, I feel like she should be able to I feel to like things. it's related to the the bird uh, outfit thing. Sure. I don't what that what that kind of reminded me of is like the the selkie myth, you know, mm. of like um their their pelts or whatever that they take off and then if you steal it then they become your wife or something like that. Sure. It's, oh. it kind of made me okay. think of that in terms of she took that off and he stole it. And it wasn't it exactly like, and now you're mine, but it kind of seemed to... Disempower her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I And I'm not familiar with the myth you're talking about, but it, but it's interesting. And yeah. I can see how it correlates. Um, yeah, no, we'll definitely have more to talk about with some of, some of that later. Sure. Um, I, so Aladdin's story makes me really curious about the timeline of things. Because up to the point where he starts telling his story, it felt to me like this was all happening relatively quickly. Like, it it was a matter of days, maybe. Yeah. But Aladdin's story makes it feel like it's a matter of weeks, if not months. Yeah. Um, because, mm-hmm. like, while this is happening, Aladdin has his own stuff that's happening um, that seems to take a decent amount of time to happen. Um, so, so I don't think that's necessarily a problem, but it did like put in perspective, oh, this stuff was happening over a longer period of time than I realized. 
Yeah, who's to say he hadn't been flying for a very long time. Yeah. Um, because he didn't know how to handle the horse. Right, right. And, okay, as far as story, I found it interesting. I think it was just overshadowed, though, by the deeply male theme of conquest and and ruler and dictatorship, you know, like I, you know, I'm a sovereign ruler and I can make whatever rules I want. I can kill whoever I want, you know, or I'm a sorcerer and I want to trick or whatever, get a possession, which always seems to be a woman as an object. And, and I think that overshadowed, I mean, it, it, it got more interesting to me when you had then someone, um, a, a female character that we had more agency. We can talk about her. Yeah. The witch. The witch. She was awesome. Once, once she became involved and she became a major player in this. The witch of the this. Flaming Mountain, specifically. Yeah. She, and that the two then male protagonists, you know, the, the, the uh, Aladdin and Ahmed seemed very uh, appreciative of her. Yes. And, and humbled themselves to her a lot, then I started enjoying the story more. Yeah, the Witch of the Flaming Mountain is certainly a bit of a saving grace for this film when it comes to sexism. <laughs> um, because she is pretty rad. She is like the arch nemesis of the sorcerer. They know each other, they don't like each other, so she fairly quickly wants to be on Prince Ahmed's side um, and helps him out of a jam. A few and, jams. Yeah. yeah. And, is, and is, she's throughout the latter part of the movie. And she's great. Yeah, do you guys have anything else before we uh, get a little more focused onto the animation? Just that after that, well, no, then that might get into spoilers. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I can't say. But I did like the ending, I was going to say. So as far as storyline, then again, after she becomes involved and then towards the end. I it, feel it like in general, stronger. this film got stronger the longer it went on. Um, like, yeah, it's it's weird. A lot of times when a film isn't working by the mid or late part, you're fatigued and kind of wanting it to end. But I felt more of that way in the beginning. Mm -hmm. In the middle, it was working a bit better. And by the end, I was like feeling it. I was like, yeah, yeah, come on. I want to see how this goes. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it was, is it was interesting because I'm not necessarily used to having that experience, that emotional experience with the movie. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think I kind of felt the first thing that you said where at some points I was like, oh, is it going to end? And it's like act four. And I'm like, Ugh. there's like five acts, three. I think. <laughs> yeah. And so it kept going. I got a couple more acts and I was like, okay, uh, there was lots of cool stuff at the end, but I think it probably kind of, I don't know. The beginning part was kind of hard to parse sometimes. So fair. At some points I was like, is this going to be ending soon? Like, How's this going to end? Yeah. Um, and the other thing in the beginning when the uh, sorcerer was like, oh, I have this horse. And he's like, oh, yes, take this money. He's like, no, no money. Like, okay, take whatever you your, your heart's desire. And he's like, oh, I can have anything. And it just felt like the, uh, uh, at the end of Futurama with the oh, no. devil's hands on oh, no. play things. he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take her hand. In marriage. Oh, no. I just I felt that coming on. Uh, yeah. You, you never give someone a blank check. Mm -mm. Just so dumb. But, it's like, well, we'll see. What do you want? <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, as far as story and structure, it was interesting that this was broken into four acts. Five. And, oh, five acts. Five acts. Okay, into five acts. And then they would end each act kind of with a cliffhanger, and then it would go on to the next. So that was, yeah. that was an interesting story and and that did structure yeah yeah story structure and that did keep me a little bit more engaged and again i am 100% with you danica the first two three acts i was ready for it to end and then and then it picked up momentum and then i was i was engaged all right let's uh, start talking some more about the animation i have some more notes so no original german nitrite prints of the film are known to still exist while the original film featured color tinting, prints available just before the restoration had all been in black and white. Working from surviving nitrate prints, German and British archivists restored the film during 1998 and 99, including reinstating the original tinted image by using the Desmet method. Several famous avant-garde animators worked on this film with Lottie uh, Reiniger, among them Walter Ruttmann, Bertolt Bartosz, and Karl Koch. I don't know anything about them, 
But, you know, if that means anything to listeners, there you go. The Adventures of Prince Ahmed features a silhouette animation technique Reiniger had invented, which involved manipulated cutouts made from cardboard and thin sheets of lead under a camera. The technique she used for the camera is similar to Wyang shadow puppets, though hers were animated frame by frame, not manipulated in live action. The original prints featured color tinting. And then finally... An homage to this film can be spotted in Disney's Aladdin from 1992. A character named Prince Ahmed has a minor role in the film. You might remember him as the guy that Raja bites on the butt. That's fine. <laughs> Who comes wanting to woo Jasmine and leaves after having been bitten in the butt. Aww. Um, he, he deserved more than that. No, I'm just teasing. Also, though, I feel like Aladdin borrowed a little bit more than that. Particularly in terms of uh, a certain scene where a certain evil sorcerer convinces a person named Aladdin to get a lamp for yeah, him. Yeah, really? Like it, that whole part. And I know that that is also based on the Arabian tales, but I feel... I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a scholar. I don't know that that particular aspect of it is as based in the tales as it is a thing that this invented that Aladdin took from. Yeah, because, I mean, literally, he leads into, in this case, a well, lowers down this ladder, and then he, and then Aladdin, as he's coming up, is saying, well, let me out first, and then I'll give you the lamp. And he's just like, no. And, and they then, fight, and yeah, then he falls. Yeah, and they fight. So, I mean, yeah. yeah very no, it, reminiscent of yes. Aladdin. Um, Did strongly feel like that. Yes. Yeah. Also, the art style for this movie served as inspiration for the Steven Universe episode, The Answer. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just another um, way in which... Um, like classic or animation. Classic. Rebecca, yeah. Yes, in which Rebecca Sugar like clearly has a deep love and appreciation for older animation and looks to it to bring things to her modern work yeah that's neat um i you it's interesting that you say that this they recolored it or whatever because since it was all silhouette i didn't other than the background i mean everything again was a silhouette so everything looked black to me but then they would have yeah then the background and that was neat because that would denote kind of a mood yeah no exactly and that was an original intent, uh, like with the film, that is how it was originally shown. But by the by, by later years, that version of the film didn't exist anymore. The only version that existed was black and white. So the restoration was in part restoring the color that was meant to help evoke mood. Yeah, I I like that, but I don't know if I don't know. I kind of felt sometimes it was inconsistent. It wasn't clear to me. All the time of like this color is this location. I was never really clear what the green represented. That appeared a bit more late in the movie. Yeah. I never really understood it. Red typically felt like something dire or bad is happening. That felt relatively consistent. Yeah, yeah. But the green, I wasn't sure. Lots of blue. Yellow seemed to basically just be their homeland. They also did that whenever they went to China. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. So that might that's have true. been just more neutral location. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I do Yes, I agree that it's important to convey a mood, but sometimes it didn't feel like it was consistent or I just, you know, wasn't getting it. Yeah. Which is fair. And again, it's hard to say. Like, I would assume that the rest restoration was based, that there was some sort of indication with, on the black and white of where, the what colors were supposed to be where, but I don't know. So it's... Because this is a restoration of a thing rather than the original thing, it's hard to say if some of that is error on the restorer's part or how it was originally intended. It's a little hard to say. Yeah. Which isn't like to give it a free pass, but I just I just don't know. Yes. Uh, did you guys notice that the Sorcerer's Act seems to be pretty short compared to the other characters? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, the Sorcerer's The what? Sorcerer. Short. Like... He's a short man. Mm. Yeah, I think the the princess uh, Dinarzad was taller than him, and then Ahmed was even taller than her. Yeah, uh, I thought that was funny. Um, I I liked the wizard shrug after being asked, "Does the prince know about the down lever on your magic horse?" And he's just like, eh. 
with the <laughs> eyes kind of going to the side. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, I like the animation of the three guys who were doing acrobatics in front of the Caliph in the beginning. It was like dynamic, but also like it was dynamic and fantastical, but also kind of realistic the way that they're like legs kind of like move to support them. Like they were unsteady and trying to do it. Yeah. It was. A, yeah. I, I liked that. It was the movements, especially with the arms and some of the body, when they were doing the scene that you're referring to, yeah. made sense because they were acrobatics and they were bending. But sometimes the way that, that the sorcerer or others would move and bend, it was very disturbing. And with their arms and things, because it was, I wouldn't you know, say disturbing, but, but it definitely, it leans into unrealism. It, it leans into the fact that these are cutouts rather than going the Disney route of, like, really trying to mimic actual physical how things move. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, this clearly isn't trying to do that the majority of the time. And apparently to mom, it felt gross or something. I didn't feel that. No, well, just at times, it was a little bit disturbing or off-putting is a better way to say it. The way that an arm would move backwards or something, and it, it just, like... Ooh, that would hurt. Or what? I don't know. It was I don't know. I, did, I get what you're saying. I never really felt that. It just kind of felt like it was part of the fantasticalness of the overall thing. And yeah. I think it once the movie progressed, once I get got more used to that type of movement, it was less disturbing. Sure, sure. The I, the backgrounds are really neat um, yeah. with how the the distant part is drawn um, and and. Then the nearer parts are in silhouette like the characters. Yeah. It gives cer- certain scenes that really make use of it a real nice depth of field effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, yeah, the background versus yeah. the foreground. Yeah, like, they yeah. They establish that really well. And one of my favorite scenes that uses that also has amazing water animation, the, the jungle scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that the water reflection is like little bits of things that are, uh, it looks so cool. I agree. Like it feels like water reflections. It feels accurate to the feeling of water rippling rippling, and yeah, yeah, it looks really good. And I loved any time that was being used. Yeah. It doesn't reflect the full person. It reflects a distorted image of the person. And it moves too. Yeah. It's good. I agree. Um, I like the sorcerer transforming into animals. Um, mm-hmm. Any animal transformations that happen in the film, very fun. Um, yes. I also like the frequent use of hands under the chin to express affection and st- and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it works really well in silhouette in a way that other forms of affection or whatever might not translate as well. You know, um, like like even towards the end of the film, there was some hugging that sometimes was almost easy to mistake as kissing mm-hmm. but the the hand under the chin is always a very clear who like someone is doing this purposely to someone else and I, I liked its use of that it feels like it appeared way more than it would appear in something that wasn't using this style of animation sometimes the hands thinking of hands could be a little bit uh maniacal or something i don't know that the long skinny fingers and different things especially with the sorcerer but other things were like yeah and i can see almost where other current things that we have seen i feel like i wonder if they borrowed some of those techniques thinking of i mean for example i'm thinking of jafar's long thin fingies yeah (laughs) but also the uh the print the print no what it was thief the thief no, in the collar. Or, but uh, uh, zigzag. The... Yes, yes. Zigzag's fingies. Yes. Yes. That's even more what I was picturing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Zigzag's <laughs> like, oh, he has all the jewels and his yeah. long fingers that like, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I can definitely see Thief and the Cobbler taking from this. I oh, mean, yeah. the location is pretty much the same. Yeah. It even mentions minarets at one point. Yeah. But yeah. like, we know what yeah. those are. Yeah. Um... I'm so proud of this. <laughs> the cave with the lamp that Aladdin's in. Yes. That scene looked way better than the live action Aladdin from nearly a century yeah, this later. Is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And it was very simple. Think about it. It was it very was. simple. It was almost like vines or something. And maybe? it was it was like these and these then... long like stalactite rock things and mm-hmm. like yeah, this nice little like area where the thing it looked it had a very 
nice look about it that is more than can be said for a movie that was made almost 100 years later. (laughs) And it just also goes to show to me that less can be more. Much more. They tried to replicate whatever, and I don't know what the heck they thought they were doing in that live action, but it, it less can also conveyed. be less because it felt like the 2019 Aladdin's was less than the 1992 animated Aladdin that had golden stuff all throughout. You know, like here, or or it it had golden stuff all throughout in one room. It had separate rooms for one, and then the main chamber with the lamp was almost nothing except for the lead up to where the lamp is. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, and the live action one then kind of combines them both in a pathetic way. Yeah. Um, that is not as good as 1992 Aladdin. And it's not as good as this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sorry. I just had to take another opportunity to dunk on that. <laughs> Do you have any other animation notes? Yes. Go for it. Oh, uh, whenever Ahmed went through the storm, I really liked the animation of the storm while he was flying yes. through. Mm. Yeah, with the lightning and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I liked as well is whenever, I think it was when we were introduced to the witch. Was it the witch? She was in the fire. Yeah, mountains. she had, you know, a- a creatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, like a lot of the times the faces of the birds, some of them look like dinosaur faces. I was seeing dinosaur faces a lot. It was very funny. Uh, but then I think it was her birds that rotate instead of like flapping to fly. I think the, I feel like, I feel like the sorcerer also had some things that were like that. They like rotate it. Yeah. I like the, the rotating to fly. It's like, this is our intent, but this is much easier to animate than like moving bird wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was very cute and fun. Well, to me, it was almost like burrs sticking together, and and then the way because when you had scenes like that, and with the demons, they would almost stick to each other, but then like rotate. So to me, it was a combination of to me how you would visually uh, sticky or spiky burrs, and then cogs in a wheel where you know you it starts all the cogs together start making something move and rotate. I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, so, yeah, in Aladdin's, he tells the story of, of, you know, what happened while the prince was gone with, just with himself specifically, but he wishes for a a palace and stuff for the, the princess and the palace building scene was very, very cool. Uh, just like things falling into play or like kind of building up and then some stuff falling into plays. Like that was, uh, very technically a cool scene. Yeah. I don't really know how to talk about what this would be like if it were live action. Um, I get, I think from a, from a basic plot standpoint, it could be interesting. Like a modern version of this could be interesting. I think it would be utterly different. Yeah. Um, but it could be fascinating. They would need to tone down on the sexism and the racism aspects a lot, but, um, could be interesting, but, what if they tried to do a live action version that retained the silhouette nature of this? Oh, I, you know, I love, I was thinking of, what do you call it? Those shows where you compete, like similar to the voice, but where they, one of the times, one of the big productions, I don't know if Simon Cowell was there, but someone did shadows. Like they did a whole story sure. of, of the, a dancing kind of, but with silhouettes. And I think they were behind like a, a beautiful translucent, Kind of screen type thing, Um, and and in fact, it was like the the whole this whole story about this couple that gets they get married, they have a baby, all of this stuff, and they did with just acrobatics and movements. So in that sense, I could I could see this would be interesting. I'm not sure if you would do a similar thing where people would be moving with their bodies, or you would have puppets, or or how. But it feels like it would work best in live action as like a really artsy play. Yeah. Where you can, like, you know, cut, you can, like, close curtains, set up the scene for what the silhouettes of this area looks like, and then people, uh, yeah. That'd be neat. It'd be neat. Especially, again, if you went with the story format and length of this with cutting out the problematic parts or fixing the problematic parts, that would really be visually interesting. 
Yeah, that sounds cool. Let's go on to sound design. Um, the original score was composed by German composer Wolfgang Zeller in direct collaboration with the animation of the film. The restored film has a new music version of the original score produced by Klaus Peter Bayer uh, and performed by Deutsches Filmorchester Babelsberg and conducted by Helmut Emig. And I probably butchered all of that. But uh, yeah, that uh, I thought the music was good. Yeah. 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 It seems to be based on what was originally um, played when you would go see this movie uh, with a live orchestra. I think that they still do shows for it nowadays um, with live orchestras, which is interesting. Um, there's There was a section on the Wikipedia thing mentioning some different performances, and, and that's neat. Um, yeah, I thought the music was good. Now, I, I don't know if this is an obvious question or not, but the original then screening was we got to see the translated version of words yes but they it was whatever you call that where they just again had no spoken words but they it was a silent era silent era okay got it yeah let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after how's it hold up the kidnapping perry banu part is yikes for sure. It's for super sure. yikes. Well, yes. I mean, to start off with, I think that, like, we've just been calling him the sorcerer, but they specifically uh, no, yes. call him, like, the African sorcerer. Yes. There is a significant amount of racism in this movie. The sorcerer, the Chinese emperor, um, feels, like, with his slanted eyes and stuff and facial features. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> um, yeah, the Prince Ahmed and sisters and Peri Banu feel... They just look typically beautiful, basically. But the sorcerer is called the African sorcerer and also looks like a Jewish caricature. And it's all bad. (laughs) Um, He's very striking. You can tell when it's him. But he also looks like a racist caricature person. Yeah, like he could have definitely had a quote-unquote nicer face. But, like, his whole outfit, you could tell who he was. He didn't need the facial stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, even just his, like, long uh, goatee thing, you could have had that and not have to have, like, a hooked nose and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yikes. Um... Also, when when Ahmed goes to one of the islands, I don't know, some of the women in... When he came to one island where there were women... The maidens, yeah. Okay, some of them, to me, their profiles looked more that they would be African women. The one... The first one that he kept kissing. The first one that he kept kissing and that also seemed to be the one to provoke violence, yes, looked like she had African features. Was it I noticed that, too. No, it's her face shape. Yeah, it was her face shape. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was trying to see based on their hair. I thought that, I mean the hair maybe also, but the face shape was the main. Yeah, but because there was several, was, there was a couple scenes was, where it was close in, and you could see the outline of other girls' faces and her face, and like yeah, she looked different. So yeah, there's some uh, racism and sexism. We didn't actually talk. The Perry Bonu part is like he basically like steals her away forcefully like he chases her for a long time and then she like faints and then he takes her to a distant land and they end up falling in love um so that whole thing is just problematic at its core and what what also to me was disturbing is that she had come to this lake to bathe so presumably she had taken off her feathers she was naked and him i don't know just to me that even exacerbates the problematic it's portion. It's a violation of privacy. Because, yeah, yeah, he's chasing down this naked woman and talk about whether you are man or woman, you're going to feel most vulnerable being naked and then chasing someone down and then, yeah, capturing them in, in that state. Oh, it was, yeah. What do you think about her, uh, the two girls that were with her just piecing out? Well, again, though? this is... This They're is, like, bye. I know. To me, it was like they, yeah, they abandoned her, but then she is... Then also she's vilified because later on, then they they seek retaliation against her for that. Not necessarily those two girls, but yeah, the demons or whatever yeah, from the I place. Mean, so again, yeah. to me, it's it's all of the things 
that happen where you're vilifying a woman. First of all, you're making her an object. You're making her a sexual object. You're making your, you know, making her a concubine or forcing her. All of these women, you know, whether even the even the uh, original, I, I don't know what, Czar or whoever the, the person with the daughter. Khalif. Khalif. I don't, yeah. yeah. Even with that, she... She is still somewhat of an object. Again, why do you, it's it's dumb. Why do you make a um, to a, some sorcerer some promise without considering the fact that it could be a mon, you know, it could be a, a human person? And then I don't know. It just the whole thing bothered me. We haven't covered Beauty and the Beast yet on this podcast. We will. Um, people like to point to that and say Stockholm syndrome, and. And they're wrong, and they haven't seen the movie in a long time if they think that. But this movie feels like it has yes. that. I mean, Stockholm Syndrome is fake and not a real thing, um, actually. But this movie has a lady who is kidnapped by a man who wouldn't listen to her no- her nose and then falls in love with him. And that's a gross plot line to have. And it, like, like as the movie kind of goes on... You kind of forget about it a little bit, but like it's still just there on the back of your mind of like their relationship is formed based on this. <laughs> and that's messed up. Yeah. It's it... like if he had like if he had like convinced her to come and she was like, maybe we'll see. I'll go with you for a bit. And then she gets captured or something and then he rescues her. That would be a fine way to establish their relationship. That's but good. he's yeah. the one who takes her to a foreign land without her consent and then she gets captured and then he saves her. Yeah, not just that, but he, like we said earlier, disempowers her by taking her uh, shawl or whatever uh, and she never she never gets it back. Uh, and I think maybe you're, what you said could be a good one. Maybe they drop in earlier that, oh, she's not just like the leader or something, uh, but she also like, longs to travel like and then she is scared but then she sees this as her opportunity and they you know she willingly goes with him and if she still had her thing like maybe she'd be able to do some things and not just always go from one captor to another captor you know getting married off to to this guy or that guy because she can't protect herself yeah um you all might be forgetting though he did offer it back to her it was after that point. That's true. Because, so I don't know if, if that was supposed to redeem him. That Did he offer her freedom? You know, when she kept refusing and he's like, okay, here, I've got this back for you. That's if true. You he really, did if you really yeah. want to leave and whatever, I'm sorry. I, who knows? But again, it's still a very icky way to go about it because yeah. why wouldn't you do that at the beginning? Why would you have not backed off from her? And then you allude to, but it, Really bothered me the thought that this woman just keeps getting captured and sold, basically, to be a concubine or whatever to someone. Oh, that just is so disturbing. Yeah, this movie has problems. <laughs> um, it's it's really cool in some ways, and then it has this stuff. Let's go on to our... Spoiler alert! Skip to... 47 minutes and 57 seconds. The wizard battle is rad as heck. That's yes. my one note for this section. Yes. <laughs> the wizard battle was super cool. It's like you know the you know the wizard battle in the uh, Sword in the Stone, the Disney movie. It's like that, but arguably cooler. And I, I feel like Disney might have ripped off this movie twice actually yeah. um, with the wizard battle thing i mean madam m and merlin are cool and their wizard battle is definitely interesting and different and has its own spin on things but this has a wizard battle where the two combatants are turning into animals and it's rad they're just like their bodies like spin and morph into different things and they're moving all around and attacking each other and then they stop playing games and they just start hurling wizard magic at each other and then, and then the sorcerer gets killed by the witch because she's rad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's great. That whole oh, part was rad. We didn't really talk about her design. Oh, we didn't. Yeah. So what? 
Yeah. Kind of rewind to hold, hold up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting that she is, you know, short and rounder, more crone type. I was more worried about it when we first met her, um, because it's like... If she were... If she yeah. looks like this and she's evil, that sucks. But she looks like this and is like... Super powerful. Super and... powerful and one of the most helpful characters in the movie. Yeah. So I'm left unsure of how to feel. Yeah. To me, her facial features, though, almost slightly looked African. Were they meant Maybe? to? I, I don't know. know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not but sure. she's definitely bigger and she has a lot of interesting, like, outfit ruffles and, and like, kind of just roughness about her. Yeah. She's rad. But her design is a little questionable, would be especially questionable if she weren't ultimately a heroic figure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, ultimately, to me, she was the most, she was a force They for would good. have all died They would have her. all died, because first she rescues um, Ahmed, who has been put in some kind of mountaintop or something by he the- He was put on the top of the mountain, the, and then all of the weird bat things morphed into a rock. <laughs> he was just yeah, on top of that. That weighted him down, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she came and got him, and then she helped get, she rescued, how did she get? She she brought him over to where um, Paribani was going to be married, and they stopped the marriage. Yeah, and then whenever the, she let them know that the spirits were after Paribanu for leaving, yeah, she was, she was doing a lot in the story. And then she, and then she showed up. And they're like, hey, can you defeat the sorcerer? Because we've not been good at doing that. So she does. And, and then, then she gets the lamp. Yeah. And And then they take with... on all the demons. Yeah, like she's yeah killer. She's the great. demon part's pretty rad, too. They keep having, like, battles going on in the background while stuff is happening yes, in the foreground. Which really helps sell that this is, like, a big battle going on, you know? Oh, we also forgot to mention that she initially supro- supplied... Ahmed with all this armor and weapons to fight demons with. And she said he he could defeat him. So he was able to, to help in the battle. Yeah. But also because of the stuff she gave him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those lamp spirits looked like fish. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I darn, I forgot to say in our animation section, the whole reason that Ahmed and everyone got captured was the sorcerer was able to, create like a crystal ball but it was almost like he pulled it out of like fuzz and material oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he then, kind of like opened then, it and you and could see the scene and it up and he could see the scene of yeah, where they were because he went to locate his horse where Ahmed was and then that's when he came and captured yeah. Paribanu and sold her basically to yeah, yeah he did literally actually but the wizard her. battles rad and yes. then the final battle rad a bunch of demons they're like cutting them and throwing rocks and and there was a part where Aladdin was getting overwhelmed and both of you were like making vocalizations of like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, you guys are into it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was fun. Um, yeah. But they, end, then, up, they yeah. end up defeating all the demons. Everything works out well. Um, and it's literally they would have all died without the witch. I she know. was really, and- really came in and the clutch and helped them with everything. Yeah. And what I like the most about Aladdin, I didn't have huge problems with Aladdin like I did Ahmed. Nice, no, but is they were very appreciative and were were very uh, humble to uh, then the witch. And of course, were true to their word. Their whole thing is they had said, you can have the lamp. Of course, I don't know why she couldn't have taken it anyway, but they're like, you I mean, can she have probably could yeah, have, but you could, you could take the lamp if you help us, you know, defeat him and all that. So then of course, true to their word, they gave her the lamp and it was just so great. And she just, she seemed to be very happy with that lamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. And then I also really liked the ending where then they, the two couples go back in, in, in this beautiful, the palace again. So, the, so now the palace is, reminds me of what, flying of what the carpet did the the whole palace is flying in the air and goes back to the homeland but then i like how they then came up as the couple so the siblings the Ahmed and the sister go to their father and let him know he said there's you know that they are safe and then bring their significant others to the father to accept and so forth so that was kind of cute and aladdin like bows down in front like like please don't be mad at me anymore yeah yeah so Aladdin was cute. Yeah, I really... For his story, what I liked is, you know, he came in there and you 
could tell he had, like, nice clothes on or whatever whenever he was trying to woo the uh, Kelly's daughter. But then he, as he had to run away, he had to let that stuff go. And so he came back and you presumably in, you know, rags or some other form of clothes. Because he was a tailor, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. He was poor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, For the battle, though, I would have, I would have liked to, again, have Perry Banu, like, do something. Yeah. Like, she was some sort of magic lady. Like, If she, she, like, had her, like, still had her fly thing then she could fly and attack demons so, or, or, or or do something commanding of like fly up and drop rocks i don't know anything would have been nice yeah because i forgot somewhere in the in the all sorcerer the action took it and and led ahmed away with it and then that got him in the hole while ahmed tried to get it he got it and brought it back but by that time the sorcerer had taken peribano away and i think he just left uh I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say I, I don't know what it. ultimately happened to it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think you saw it again after that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anything else here in spoilers? Oh, all I was gonna say, I feel like in a simplistic way, they let you know that Aladdin had a honorable moral stance. I don't know, or, or character, or moral compass. In that, when he was in the cave, and, and he was said, you know, what wish would you have? His whole wish was just to go home. He was, you know, a fairly humble, you know, whatever person. And then, yeah, and then he just wanted to go home. And then he did decide he did want the the, the princess and have the, the castle built. But, yeah. Yeah. All right, no more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? It was definitely easy. when he was chasing Perry Yeah, Bonner. I was going to say, easy for me is that whole capture pursuing. Yeah. yeah Perry that Bonner. was awful. What was your favorite scene in the movie? If it's in spoilers, be vague. Mine is in spoilers. It is a battle between magic users. It's rad as heck. Uh, favorite? Yeah, I know the one you mentioned was pretty good. Um, or maybe even before he chased... Perry Bono around like them, the reflections in the water and oh, stuff that was like so that. Good Animation wise, was was very pretty. Like being in the jungle, and the, like the deer, seeing the technical uh, interpretation of what that is. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. Mine is almost just because it's visual, and I and it's in spoilers at the end, so I won't go into details. But it was the end scene where you have a lot of people in 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 the castle and just. The silhouettes of, again, their outfits, especially the women. I loved how they looked. And then all the people together, just those silhouettes were so beautiful and striking. And that whole interaction I liked. Nice. Who was your least favorite character? Maybe the dad. The caliph. Because he's a little not discerning about what to give the guy... I think it's the Chinese emperor for me. That's a good one, too. I was, well, to me, it's the crummy guy that the Chinese emperor gave her to that was going to I mean, that guy her. also sucked, but, but like, yeah, the emperor the was, emperor. like, creeping on her to begin with. That is true. And then was, like, kicking, kicking her, her, like, get out of here. Yeah. And then it was, like, kill or marry her. I'd just get her out of here. Yeah, I think I... I think. And also was a racist caricature of a Chinese emperor. So, for that... Because also, you know, the African sorcerer is also a racist caricature, but at least he's, like, really important to the plot and is kind of an interesting character outside of that. But... The Chinese emperor isn't. So, yeah, I think he's my least favorite. I think I would would second that. Who was your favorite character? It was the witch. The witch is my favorite character. She's so rad. I don't know why I sang that, but I feel very good about it. I feel like the witch would approve. She's like the one woman in this movie that has a lot of agency. And, like, she's not stereotypically attractive and she's powerful and she's great and i love her very much mm-hmm. yeah i know she was really cool heard first and maybe aladdin would be second i think I aladdin was second that, yeah i was i was boy yeah. we we're on the same way we i was about to say the witch would have to be my favorite but then i like aladdin a lot Al- too aladdin's just sweet you know yeah yeah, yeah. he's nice throughout he the whole kidnap- thing 
kidnap anybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He did lie. He did lie about himself to try to get with someone, but like ultimately has to come clean about that. It's like Aladdin from the original from from the Disney. What did I say? The original movie. Yeah. the original movie from like fifty years later. Yeah. Um, no, but like yeah, like he's he was sweet. Hmm. Yeah. Like seventy years later. I can math. <laughs> Babe, I'm gay. Don't expect me to do math. Well, when you say he lied, I mean, I guess I didn't really... That does make sense. He did lie. He misrepresented himself. Yes. Yeah, he missed, yes. Um, Tim Curry couldn't have been in this because it was a silent movie, so we're not going to ask that question. Um, what was our overall consensus on this? Um, would you recommend it? Uh, any caveats with that? And what would you rate it? Uh recommend it for you know historical importance but not really for entertainment because it was kind of slow and there was pretty big problems with it in terms of how women characters are generally portrayed you know minus one and the racist you know designs of the characters i there's definitely a way to make to identify a character with very with less information because it's a silhouette that doesn't involve racism well yeah i mean you bit you see that with the other main characters really and it has generally to do with the sort of clothes they have yes but even even when you had prince ahmed and aladdin like close up and could see their faces the face shape is different yeah it's harder to see from far away and so that's why you would rely on clothes for far farther away shots i mean yeah like even with like the prince and uh the sorcerer like there's just a height difference you could use stuff like that and it doesn't have to rely on racist caricatures yes um so recommended for historical slash educational purposes only pretty much uh oh do i rate now yes oh i gotta rate oh um oh no what am i gonna rate this <laughs> You were so sure in I your know. in like the first part, but you didn't have the rating ready. No, I didn't. You really just jumped in there. Yes. And now you're swimming in the pool trying to keep your head above water. Oh man, I'm uh, barely treading. <laughs> um, okay. Technically it was it was very cool, but overall, like I, I got bored at times. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a, a two. I'm gonna give it a two. Alright. What you feeling, Mom? Okay. I know, boy, this is, I appreciate you so much, Valerie. You, I love you. And thank you for going first because I was kind of all over the place in my mind. I, I feel the same that I would recommend it only for historical and educational purposes. I think it would be very hard to, to wrap your mind around unless you were prepared for it. If, especially if you, you know, again, in your modern thought of you're going to watch something animated, I don't think that your mind would come to this and in that sense, it would it's difficult to follow along to some extent, and especially since it's slow to go. So again, I don't I don't think you the typical person or the average person would find this entertaining. So for that reason, you know, again, just educational or historical purposes. As far as rating, the technique and the silhouette and so forth was really neat and, and interesting and well done. So normally I would possibly give it maybe a two point two five. Or maybe even a 2.5, but because of the content and the sexism and just the the problematic scenes with chasing, capturing, conquering, whatever, taking women really bothers me. So I'm going to knock it down to a 2. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it for anyone remotely interested in animation like if you're at all interested in animation if it's like at all like a thing that you seek out you should watch this movie it influences other animators Mm -hmm. and it's i mean it's just an important piece of animation history i i don't know if i agree with the idea that modern audiences couldn't make sense of it or enjoy it based on its own merits i feel I guess I get really annoyed. It it feels like the same train of logic that led studios to do awful colorizations of black and white cartoons to play on TV because they didn't think audiences could handle black and white anymore. I feel like audiences can. (laughs) Um, And so in that, in that sense, 
I, I mean, this is really good and has some really strong artistry with it. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issues it has have to do with racism and sexism. And so because of those, it won't be as high as I otherwise would like to put it. I think I'm going to put it at a solid three. Yeah. And I think it would be either a 3.5, if not a 3.75 otherwise. Um, but with with the really awful, like, stealing a woman and um, against her will and then they fall in love thing and then just racist caricature characters, um, that bumps it down a lot. So I'm going to say three. And you should definitely watch it if you're at all interested in animation. Yeah. And I just wanted to just clarify, I don't think I'll change my ratings, but I, it, it, it is, be, yeah, but I'm almost tempted to because it is really a neat technique that I've never seen before. And when I say that it's harder to follow, it's actually not the, the artistry and the way that they put this animation together because this was fascinating. I guess I'm just even... The way, you know, a silent movie, following along, having to think. and, and I'd also not like being... to point out that I, in what I was saying, I wasn't trying to slam you in any way. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, because I, what I, I'm glad I just want to make that clear that to you out. and audiences. Yeah, I don't think audiences can't handle this because they're not intelligent enough. I just mean most people, if they sit down to see a form of entertainment, they don't want to have to work to understand it. You know, by reading, you know, all the, well, I don't know. I guess if you're a silent movie fan. Maybe. Yeah, if you're a silent movie fan, if you're someone who, yeah, if you're someone who just likes to sit down in front of a movie and zone out for a while and just let it do whatever, might not be for you. But if you are the sort of person that likes art house films, silent films, anything like that, where you're willing to put a little more effort into the watching of mm-hmm. it, yeah, then yeah, like yeah. I, th- I think I think that's a significant enough audience that I don't feel too much of a need to clarify. Yeah. I think you'll watch this and pretty quickly know if it's really for you or not. <laughs> and I just, I guess, in hindsight, I do want to bump it up to 2.5 because compared to the shorts we saw, it's just such a unique and beautiful with the silhouette type of animation that I just find fascinating. I mean, it's gorgeous. I just and really, I can, it, it really is. I amazing. can see why it would influence creators like Rebecca yeah. Sugar aesthetically, definitely. Yeah. And even looking back to the connections that we can see, I feel like influences that it had on Thief of the Co- Thief, Thief and, and the, the Cobbler. Cobbler and Aladdin, even again, the, the well, the cave scene, all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to bump it to 2.5. Fair. Is this on YouTube, or how could somebody see this? I don't. I don't. It might be on YouTube. I don't know if the version, if the restored version, is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you, uh, because it's so old, you can probably find some version on YouTube. Because I doubt it's under copyright anymore. But you can buy the restored version, um, including the audio track that has narration on DVD and stuff. Um, There might be some online places that have a, I think the wiki mentioned that there might've been, there might be an online place that has most of it up to watch for free. Yeah. If you just Google search, you can pretty easily find access to it in some way or another. Cool. Next time we are going to be continuing our animation journey. We'll of course have some shorts, um, but for our next feature film, we are going to be looking at the earliest Disney feature film. Ooh. And if you probably know what that is, and if you don't, you'll find out next time. Thank you. Yes, thank yeah, you so thank much you. for listening, and please uh, subscribe, comment, just um, tell your the, friends. Get the word out and engage with us. Yeah, we'd love you to continue your journey with us in 2021 and invite friends to come along too. Yes. Hope your year's getting off to a great start. Hopefully so. Yes. Until next time. Bye. 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 This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I N C O M P 
E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. sneeze <laughs> talk sneeze louder no i'm just kidding mm. that's so you peaked you guys are making fun of me <laughs>